the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Hope you've enjoyed some happy holidays and good to be back with you. I'm Kathy Emmons, and you've found The Ride Home. My on-air partner, John Hall, taking a day off. I'm happy to say New Mike's here with me. New Mike, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kath. Happy New Year to the New Mike. How are you? Yes, fantastic. How about yourself? Did you have some happy holidays? I somewhat Mm -hmm. had some happy holidays. Um, You had a sick kid. I had a sick kid, and then the day after, um, uh, my car got backed into. So, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful holiday. New Mike, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, but God is in control, right? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, holidays were never meant to be perfect. The first Christmas, we talked about this before Christmas happened, the first Christmas was not a beautiful, lovely moment in front of a fireplace with a dog and happy music. That just was not what happened when Jesus entered the world. That's right. So we have assumed something that our holiday should be that it was never intended to be. Exactly. So, I mean, not to make any light of your car being backed into or Dr. J being sick or my husband having pneumonia or, you know, the flu and all of that. It's just, this is what it is. So anyway, I hope you have enjoyed some happiness in your holidays. That's probably the best way to put it. And hey, we're excited about an excellent set of guests ahead on today's show, some of our favorites of the year. So you'll be hearing from them and from both John and I and New Mike. And of course, we're geeked about the new year just around the corner. But sadly, today first, we turn to yet another horrific episode of violence. This one, Saturday night, the seventh night of Hanukkah. It started at 10 p.m. in Monsey, New York. And so let's start off the show by talking about that. Um, There was a gathering of Hasidic Jews at the home of a rabbi on Saturday evening in Monsey, which is a densely populated Jewish community just uh, northwest of New York City. It's home to the largest, of course, New York City, of course, I mean the city itself, home to the largest population of Jews outside of Israel. And this is what happened. A man with a machete rushed into the home and began attacking. Five people were stabbed and wounded. There were a couple dozen people in the home, uh, ages 2 to 80. The people fought back. Uh, They threw furniture at the guy. They ran. They got outside. They did whatever they could. Five stabbed and wounded. The suspect, whose name I won't mention, uh, age 38, was arrested later that evening in Harlem. Uh, His pastor was interviewed in the New York Times, Reverend Wendy Page. Um, Reverend Page said that this man has struggled with mental illness for more than two decades. Uh, This was her quote in the Times today. There hasn't been anyone who has given a real solution to deal with a grown man dealing with schizophrenia other than, quote, go home and call us if something bad happens. 
Governor Andrew Cuomo is calling it an act of domestic terrorism. So, Mike, uh, let's hear from New York City's Mayor Bill de Blasio. Let's hear about what he had to say. Jeff, what we're seeing, first of all, is a horrible uh, national crisis of anti-Semitism. We have to put this in perspective. Something is wrong. It has been growing over the last few years. The most horrible instance was, of course, the Tree of Life synagogue massacre in Pittsburgh. But we see more and more of these things. And we just got to be clear, uh, anti-Semitism is now taking a more and more violent form in the United States. Uh, and the permission that's being given for hate speech in general uh, is underlying a lot of this. We've had situations here, no doubt, we've had real bias crime problems in the last year or two in the city. We've seen them grow. We have not seen, thank God, the kinds of uh, attacks we saw, for example, in Jersey City. Now, the Jewish community in the New York area already traumatized after a mass shooting at a kosher deli in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, left three dead. And also an Orthodox Jewish man was stabbed in Monsi on his way to a local synagogue. Um, now, you know, we, we look at a situation like that. We remember clearly what happened here in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life. And, you know, it was just maybe, I don't know, six weeks ago when we were remembering the one-year anniversary of the Tree of Life shooting. And Rabbi Aaron Bisno was on our program here. And I said to him, before that day, I would have never imagined that anti-Semitism was a big deal in Pittsburgh. And he said, of course, it's at the forefront of my mind, but it's not at the forefront of your mind. That was his response to me. It's just we we as Christians need to open up our mind, open up our awareness and recognize that this kind of stuff is happening all around us and especially right now in New York. Now, at the end of the New York Times article... Let's see who wrote this. This is a Rebecca Liebson, Christina Goldbaum, Joseph Goldstein, and Nicholas Bogle Burroughs. At the end of their piece, they wrote this. Hundreds in that community gathered on Sunday to continue the Hanukkah celebrations that were postponed after the attack and to lend their support for Rabbi Rottenberg, whose home the massacre happened in. In a parade that stretched from the synagogue to the rabbi's home, children wearing paper crowns ran down the street and men danced to Hebrew songs. During morning services on Sunday, several people who'd been at the house during the attack offered blessings in thanks that so many lives had been spared the night before. Quote, during the days of Hanukkah, we celebrate miracles, and we believe that this is a great miracle because it could have been disastrous. Now, the perpetrator has been charged with five counts of attempted murder. He pled not guilty, but breaking news just this afternoon. Federal authorities also charged him with obstruction of free exercise of religious beliefs involving an attempt to kill because journal entries were found at his home, which express anti-Semitic sentiments. Governor Andrew Cuomo has directed the state's hate crime task force to investigate the latest attack. Um, I don't know. I thoughts after this you know i'd love to hear from you i'll open up things on social media on twitter and facebook uh, to hear from you i know all of us in pittsburgh have special um sad helpless feelings when we think about what happened at the tree of life a year ago um i think this is the first thing that comes to my head is that Jews have been targeted throughout all of history. And it just makes you, does it not make you ask, why? Why are we still doing this? I mean, here we are living 75 years after World War II. We saw what happened in Germany, in Eastern Europe. We saw, how is this still going on in today's New York City? 
All I can come up with is that there is a demonic element to anti-Semitism. It's the only explanation that seems rational to me. And the question is then, what is our role? Our role, first off, as Christians, has to be that we pray against violence and we pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters. It has to be. Prayer has to be our very first weapon. Secondly, we have to call out anti-Semitism when we see it every single time. Listen, I was at a restaurant in Pittsburgh before Christmas, maybe... I don't know, two weeks before, I was sitting at a table. We were at a crowded place. There were people right behind me. You know how you get, especially during the holidays, you're kind of you know, pushed up against the table next to you. I heard some guy say an anti-Semitic thing. Now, it wasn't a huge thing. He wasn't advocating violence. It was a joke. But looking back on it, I wish I would have turned around and said something to the guy. I should have turned around and said something to the guy. We have to call out any type of anti-Semitism when we see it. We have to do it every time. The second thing is I think we need to tell our Jewish neighbors that we're aware of what's happening and we have to say to them, we have to just not be supportive in our heads and maybe in our Facebook feed. I think we have to tell Jewish people who live around us, who we know that we are supporting them. And the last thing You have to know your Bible. You just have to, especially the Old Testament. You know, I've done a lot of reading since I was in Germany over the summer, and millions of German Christians were lulled into making scapegoats of the Jews, particularly between World War I and World War II, because two beliefs ran rampant. The first was that Jews were responsible for killing Jesus. The second thing was that Jews were killing Christians and using their blood in ritual sacrifice. Now, these were two beliefs that millions of Germans bought into. And those were two of the things that allowed German Christians to sign on with what Hitler was purporting. Now, both of those things are untrue. So why did people believe them? Why did Christians believe them? Because they had become biblically illiterate. Look, our job as Christians is to know the Bible, New and Old Testaments, to have a full understanding of the story of God's salvation, which was given first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, and then to defend the oppressed wherever we see them. And today, what's our job today as Christians here in Pittsburgh or listening wherever you are across the country? Today, we stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters, and we say that today on this Monday on The Ride Home. There's much more coming up next. Hey, if you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. And you know your health plan's a big part of the cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, and another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is, Marley can help you today. Call 724-884-1496. It's Marley Financial, 724-884-1496.
101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 2468010. It's the year end sale at Mattress Firm. Don't miss savings of up to $600 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen and a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $499. And don't miss our hot buy the Sleepy's Memory Foam Queen Mattress, now just $399. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you to try your perfect bed today. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Hop by offer available while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Would you say, Kathy Emmons, that you yourself are a content person? Could I give a percentage to that? A percentage of your contentment? Well, I'd say that, no, I would say like at like. 80% 80% of the time, I'm content. Okay. It's hard to be content. But, but the 20%, depending on life circumstance, can be pesky. I mean, the, the culture we live in today is sort of anathema to contentment, isn't it? Why is that? Well, is because it? we have all this stuff in front of us. Like, you, you know, you need this. You should have this. But this is going to make your not, life complete. Not only that, I was just thinking just last night as I was online, I, I are you ever overwhelmed by the amount of knowledge that we can access? Oh, I love it so much. I, lo- I love it so much while at the same time it's so irretrievable as far as quantity that it you it can be overwhelming. Right. But I think I, I think you reach a point in your life where you say the world is so big and so great and there's so much and we are so blessed here in 21st century America to have all that at our fingertips. At what point do you say, I can't go through all this, I can't consume all this, I can't read or love or know all this, so I have to be content with what I can okay, do. Okay, but, so I, but I think there's another alternative to that, which is that there's too much for me to take in, there's too much for me to experience, I don't have enough days to visit all the places I want to go, I don't have enough money to go and experience all the things I want to experience, and so I will fall into despair. Well, see, I don't know, I, I don't follow that. Because there's good things that need to be done 
there's life that needs to be lived. And so you take with what you're given and do the best that you can. Yeah, but I don't think that there are, well, my guess is more people fall on the discontent side than uh, yourself. I have no doubt about it, right? That we are a crazy society because we've given too many, we've been given too many options. Andrew, Pastor Andrew M. Davis is with us. Pastor Davis is pastor of First Baptist Church of Durham, North Carolina, visiting professor of church history at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's got a brand new workout called The Power of Christian Contentment, Finding Deeper, Richer, Christ-Centered Joy. Pastor, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's been fun listening to you talk about it so far. Well, so the question is, do you think it has to do with too many options? Well, I think Christian contentment is an issue that is addressed in Scripture, and yeah, I, I hear what you're saying just in terms of our smartphones and the access we have to almost limitless knowledge of current events, of, of things we can learn. But I think it's a deeper issue than that. It just has to do with the difficulties that we face in our life circumstances, the difficulties of pain and suffering and the difficulties of, of life that we have in, in marriage and parenting and, and just dealing with all of the things that have been with Christians in every generation. Right. Okay. So uh, as you walked into the, our conversation, Pastor, you know, we're talking about minutia, stuff of the 21st century. But in your work, you also talk about Paul and how he found his contentment during deep suffering. He, and he learned to be yeah. content. Yeah, my, my area of study, my PhD is in church history, and I can say this, just of all the, the 20 centuries of church history I've studied, there is no one that suffered as much in his Christian faith as the Apostle Paul. His catalog of suffering is just staggering, as we read about it in Second Corinthians 11. Uh, beaten uh, eight times, five times, lashed three times with rods, shipwrecks, all kinds of incredible things. But for me, he is an incredible role model of Christian contentment and something that I would aspire to in my life. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean that contentment, though, was not something that was magically granted to him, but it was something that he had to learn? Yeah, we're looking at Philippians chapter 4, where he uh, said, I've learned the secret of being content Mm -hmm. in any and every situation. And that secret language shows that contentment is possible, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. So it's possible, but not guaranteed. How is it, what do we do that makes it possible? Well, I think the center of everything is our relationship with Christ. Christ is the source of every blessing that we have from God. It's through Christ. And then through faith in Christ, it is possible for us to be content. Uh, But I think we prove every day as Christians that it's also possible to be discontent. And so it's something that we have to learn. And Paul said he learned the secret. Now, here's an individual that um, went from city to city being persecuted more than we can possibly imagine. And he and Silas were in a jail in Philippi. And they had been beaten publicly. They had been thrown into the inner cell. Their feet were fastened in stocks. They'd not had their wounds treated. Um, they hadn't had anything to eat or drink. They were in darkness. I can't imagine what the place smelled like. And they were singing praise songs at midnight mm. to glorify God. And I said, that's something I want to learn. I want to learn how to be like Paul and Silas in that jail. Wow. So, Pastor, I've got a friend who has been in recovery for some years, and he's also a believer. But he recently said this to me, which I thought was pretty insightful. He said, hey, when I first got sober, I thought that I would be a different guy, that things would magically somehow change for me. And he said, I also felt the same way when I became a believer in Jesus Christ, that I wouldn't be, you know, the goofy, jerky guy that I used to be. But I'm discontent because I'm sober and I'm a believer, but I'm still basically the same guy. 
Yeah, that's a powerful situation. I think we all face it, and I think one of the key things for me as a pastor and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ is realize that God intends a complete salvation from everything that sin's done to us, in our souls, in our bodies, in our world, a complete salvation. But that salvation comes to us in stages. We don't get it all at once. Initially, at the beginning of our Christian life, we get forgiveness of all of our sins, justification by faith. But then the rest of our lives, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's sanctification, where little by little, it'll become different people. And then in the end, God completes that with glorification when instantaneously we're transformed and made ready for heaven. We get it in stages, and so that it kind of explains what not just your friend, but what all of us are experiencing here. That's good. I mean, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners, and perhaps you as well, myself and Kath, we've had the opportunity to visit third world countries. And so, you know, it it sort of runs anathema to the American dream where you think, you know, the more stuff that you have, the happier you're going to be. You meet people oftentimes, you know, in Haiti or Guatemala or wherever, who have absolutely nothing. And somehow there's this incredibly beautiful, sweet spirit in them that they know Christ in a way that I don't know, that I, I don't think I'll know here in this life. So it's not based upon money or prestige or, you know, hierarchy of whatever the social status is, but there's something that is mysterious and hidden for a lot of people in finding true contentment in Christ. Absolutely. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing in Philippians 4, said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. So I find that, yeah, some of the most, the sweetest Christian people have been in very dire circumstances. Uh, but it is also possible to be surrounded by prosperity and to experience prosperity and be content as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of independent of those things. Mm-hmm. Is it also independent of suffering? Well, yeah, I think the, the Christian contentment shines the most. If it exists, it shines the most in, in terrible suffering, like Paul and Silas were going through that, that night. I mean, if you look at what happened, that was the night that the Philippian jailer and his family were converted. And, and I wonder if some of the other prisoners were converted, too, because here's, here are two individuals that are responding to extreme suffering in ways that we can't explain. It's supernatural, and it points immediately to Christ. Okay, so Pastor, you obviously has spent a lot of time in prayer and scholarship and thought about what it is to be content. So people ask you, almost as though they would ask, you know, the sage, what is it? What is the first step to true contentment in life? Yeah, can I just say one thing really quickly? Yes, just because I wrote this book doesn't mean that I can say what Paul said. I've learned the secret. <laughs> not, you know, yeah, of course. I, I, I've studied words, and I'm walking with Christ, and I'm trying to grow. So, boy, I'll tell you, I have had a lot of areas of discontent exposed. But if you ask for a definition, I would put it this way. Uh, Christian contentment is being, is being uh, cheerfully willing to accept what God decides to do with the circumstances of your life, to be willing to accept that and not have a bitter negative attitude, but a sweet disposition of accepting what your Heavenly Father is choosing for your life. Hmm. Wow. That's good. That is a, that's really good. That is a really good summation. The book, The Power of Christian Contentment, the author, Andrew M. Davis. Andrew, thanks so much for being with us today. It's a joy to be with both of you. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, 
You can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. The message, Liberty Mutual Insurance, custom Customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Autocorrect on my iPhone will change the word previous and precious because it's only one letter different. This year, give the gift of laughter. Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. So on my 19th wedding anniversary, I accidentally tweeted, I've loved spending the last 19 years with my previous wife. Valentine's Day, February 14th at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Early bird general admission, just $20. Now through December 31st. Hashtag sleeping on the couch. At wordfm.com slash date night. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home, Jim. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tonight, partly cloudy. A bit of snow and rain at times this evening with little or no accumulation, followed by a couple of snow showers late with low 33. Tomorrow, cloudy, windy, and much colder with snow showers, accumulating according to an inch with a high 37. Tomorrow night, breezy in the evening, otherwise considerable cloudiness with a low 25, and cloudy Wednesday with a high 38. With your Accurate the Forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Legal troubles for New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, stemming from back-to-back visits to a Florida massage parlor last January, appear to have gotten worse. After prosecutors submitted a new court document last week, I'm reading an article by Dom Calicchio in today's Fox News. Uh, he says that the filing from the state attorney general's office suggests the 78-year-old Kraft, who has owned the six-time Super Bowl champions, don't you hate saying that, just hearing it out loud, since 1994 could face a third-degree felony charge and possibly five years 
five years behind bars if the state wins an appeal of the judge's May ruling, which tossed out all evidence collected against Kraft, including the videos. Now, I had wondered about this in early December. I thought, whatever happened to that case? You know, he, he was found in a Florida massage parlor. The police were monitoring the, the massage parlor because they're investigating sex trafficking in the area. He was caught. He was caught on video. So what the heck happened to the case? It turns out that the judge tossed the information, including the videos, um, because the police lacked a, quote, sneak and peek warrant when they operated cameras nonstop for five days inside the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, um, where Kraft went in, went in January 19th and 20th of last year. Okay, so we're hoping, and by we, I mean everyone who is a decent, justice-loving person in America should want those overturned so that Robert Kraft can pay what he owes. And I don't mean money. Robert Kraft is a part-time resident of Palm Beach. I'm back to the article in Fox News. Uh, He's accused of paying for sex acts at the business, the newspaper reported. While soliciting prostitution is normally a misdemeanor, Kraft's new predicament appears to stem from allegedly having paid for sex on multiple days, according to the report. The billionaire's legal team had argued that the police went to excessive lengths to crack down on what amounted to misdemeanor offenses and violated Robert Kraft's Fourth Amendment right to protection from unlawful search and seizure. But the state's attorneys argued the police were investigating a broader scope of possible offenses that included, as I said before, the more serious charge of sex trafficking. Listen, I don't care whose team he's in charge of. I don't care how wealthy or influential he is. If Robert Kraft was paying for sex from a victimized girl who was trafficked and forced to work in a massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, he's a felon and he should serve the time. And thank God, parenthetically, the Florida police are investigating sex trafficking seriously and making appropriate requests. That whole issue makes me sick to my stomach. Unhappier friends. I'm happy to say that it is National Bacon Day. Hey, yeah. I mean, there's all this sad stuff. I need something to kind of lift the spirits. Um, How do you feel about bacon, Mike? Oh, it's one of my, it's my top five favorite foods. It's probably number two. Now, I asked you that, of course, knowing the answer, because I'd been, we love the the restaurant bacon in Carnegie. So good. Simply because of the name. Yes. Even if it were a bad restaurant, we would still love it because of the name. Fortunately for us, it's awesome. And Absolutely. so we can just love it for every reason. I've seen you eat the BLT there, which is one pound of bacon. I and it was extravagant. It was sickening. It was amazing. Uh, your favorite way to eat bacon, Mike? Um, in mashed potatoes, which is my number one food. Yes. Got to have the ba- the bacon inside the mashed potatoes. Now, the bacon has to be cut up in small pieces, served with sour cream. Yes. Wait a minute. I have, I have never in my life had bacon and mashed potatoes. Really? Wait, is that a common thing? Now, I try. I was at a wedding and they had a mash they had a mashed potato bar. <laughs> and so you get your oh scoop my of mashed gosh. potatoes and you can add anything you want. I only added bacon and sour cream. Now, you I could add a cheese and they even had guacamole, surprisingly. Yeah. And I tried the guacamole with it, but, you know, the bacon hands down. Wait, so, so you oh, so now you've done that every time since you went to that wedding? Absolutely. Yeah. So now you're cooking bacon and you're mixing it into your mashed potatoes. Yes. Now I have to have the bacon. Now I don't know how you like your bacon. I like I don't like mine super crispy. Okay. I like it a little bit on the soft side. Okay. And if if there's fat still on the bacon, oh my gosh. 
Amen. Give me yes. <laughs> That's sick. It, yes. That's sick. Okay, I'm the opposite. I really? like my bacon crispy. You do. It has to be crispy. I don't like for, like the fat parts. I don't really want. I just want the crispy stuff. And my very favorite way to have it, and this is gonna, you're probably gonna make fun of me, and I don't care. I like it in a salad. Oh yeah. I like a salad, particularly romaine. Yes. And I like there to be bacon in the salad. That's good. Particularly if it can be in a Cobb salad. Yeah. If it could be bacon paired with blue cheese and a hard-boiled egg. Now, are you talking like little chunks of bacon or? I think I'd like, I mean, I could do anything, but I would yeah. like a little chunks of bacon, but I would like for them to be crispy. Yeah. And I would also like in my Cobb salad for there to be a fresh avocado. Yes. Because avocado and bacon together is one of the great taste sensations Absolutely. it is so delicious so good oh my gosh right now i think i might have to do a cob salad for dinner there you go i mean listen all i've had for a week are pierogies you know that <laughs> now you know that hey per- can you sprinkle i mean you can sprinkle, of course you know uh, listen our pierogies i got i cooked 15 dozen pierogies oh my god okay that's a lot that is a lot of starch i cooked them and i did have three dozen that were potato and bacon. Oh, have my you ever goodness. had a potato and bacon pierogi? No. Oh, but it sounds amazing. Oh my gosh! Listen, you—it is so good. Yeah. Because you're pairing. You've got the potato and bacon, but you've got all the butter and onion that's on the outside of the pierogi. Yes. And then you're putting the sour cream and salt on top. Yes. It is a heart attack on a plate. But yeah. it is once a year, absolutely. Del- I got to bring you some. How long did it take you to cook all that? Well, I—I I have a system from prep. From, you know, well, first of, of all, prep. I don't make them. Okay. I buy them from the Forgotten Taste, which is okay. my very favorite pierogi place in Wexford. It has several that. locations, but I go to the one in Wexford. The Forgotten Taste. Mm. So I buy them all made. Yeah. So all I have to do is heat them up. Perfect. But I do have a system for doing that because it's a lot of pierogies to heat up at one time. And I need to, you need to serve them together. Yeah. So we did potato and cheese. We did potato and bacon. We did cottage cheese and sauerkraut. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Fifteen does. Anyway, so that's all I ate for a week. So if anyone could use a salad at this point, yeah. it's me. Yes. Plus, of course, the on Christmas Day, I had the twenty-two pound smoked ham from Marsha at the spring oh, house. Oh my! Yeah, which is amazing. And it I had mashed so potatoes, good. and I had sweet potatoes, and I had green bean casserole, and I had three bean salad, and I had homemade applesauce. I mean, I knocked it out. Yeah. I completely knocked it. I missed you, Mike. I missed you as you well. You would have enjoyed it, except that your kid was sick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't want you guys, but it's, you know, I yeah. love Dr. J, but, you know, there were enough people there. We had to eat all the pierogies and ham. This, I couldn't I couldn't afford somebody else to go down. This isn't a Chick-fil-A ad, but I'm pretty sure that they still have a Cobb salad with, and I believe the Cobb salad comes with bacon. Okay. I always get the market salad because it's very delicious and has blueberries and strawberries. Yeah. But I think you might be right about that. Yes. And I don't think I've ever tried. You need to try the Cobb salad it because the market fun. salad it's, is so good. It is. All, I don't. I think I'm pretty sure they have all. They have three salads: the market salad, the Cobb salad, and I forget the third one. But yes, you need to try the Cobb salad. Gosh, and so you can also options. add for you can also ask for extra bacon on the salad. You know too. what I need? I need to stop eating. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Coming up next, God gave us oil. Should we keep using it? Ken Baki, associate professor of English, Texas Tech. Next. WORD.
The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi, friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Remember those 300-piece some assembly required toy sets? The ones your kids loved, but you were too proud to use the instructions. Yeah, you figured it out eventually. The looks on their faces were worth it, but you listened to your wife the next time when she told you to just read the manual. Some assembly is required for retirement, too. It may not always be fun, but it matters. And that's why Accurate Solutions Group invites you to a dinner workshop to talk about retirement's most common concerns, things like taxes, Social Security, if you have too much money in the market, and much more. Seating is limited, so pick the date that works for you by calling to register today. Call or text RSVP to 412-515-0005. That's 412-515-0005. Start assembling your retirement plan with help from Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. You can give online at SaveChildrenToday.com. Dot org. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Why does Trinity Jewelers' Mark Helgerman advertise on Word FM? Every year we've grown. Every year has gotten better. I attribute that directly to the advertising. Word FM can give you something that no other station can give you because as Christian brother and sisters, the relationship is formed through that radio and through the advertising, and that person will drive past 20 other jewelers to come and see us. There's no question Word FM has been huge for Trinity Jewelers. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are if it wasn't for Word FM. It has um, created such a business base for us because it's made us larger than just your neighborhood jeweler. It's made us citywide. I feel like in a lot of cases with other advertising venues that it's more just make the sale, make the sale, get them to advertise, whereas I think at Word... There's no question. I feel like Word FM is committed to making the businesses they advertise for a success. Isn't it time you advertised on Word FM? Call 412-937-1500. 
you know, if, if you look back on recent huge technological breakthroughs, um, the transistor, the microchip, when when those things happened and they altered the world that we live in, I mean, I don't remember any sort of, you know, gigantic uh, cry saying, Lord, we thank you for this invention because it's changed our life for the better forever. But there was a time, and they have roots in western Pennsylvania, when oil was discovered. I mean, way back in the 1850s, when oil first came onto the scene, you know, the oil from the ground, which supplanted whale oil as the regular everyday use to light or to lubricate, that when oil first came out of the ground, there was this exaltation that people did cry out. There was sermons and books and a recognition that what has come from the ground is also from the Lord. Here to talk to us about that is Ken Bach. Ken is um, he's associate professor of English at climate in the Climate Center at Texas Tech University. He specializes in the rhetoric of scientific literature, and he wrote a piece in Christianity Today, which is really fabulous. Should we keep using it? God gave us oil. Should we keep using it? Ken, welcome to the show. How are you today? Great, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, Ken, it's a really interesting perspective. To be honest, I never really considered it before, but the roots go way back. You start your article, August twenty seventh, 1859, railroad conductor uh, Edwin Drake not too far from Western Pennsylvania in Titusville, PA, he was the first guy to essentially bring oil, crude oil, up out of the ground. Right, right, and and uh, and that I did some research at the at the Drake Well and got interested in that, of course, because being here in Texas, uh, oil is a big story, and with the challenges we face now, environmental challenges, you know, going back to the to the the roots of it and. Uh, uh, went to the to the uh, Drake Well Museum up there and looked in their library and they were very very uh, helpful. It's a it's a wonderful place if you've never been. Uh, it's just fascinating, beautiful countryside and amazing history. And I, I kind of see that as the beginning of our modern time because oil was known prior to that in seeps and things for medicinal purposes, but not in the quantities uh, that it came when it, when uh, Colonel Drake pulled it out of the ground. And his his story is a sort of classic. Uh, the story of, of somebody who's hunting around for money that in the Gilded Age and and uh, is able to, uh, to to discover this oil and then the rest is is sort of uh, is history as I like to say. Now, can when I visualize something like this, I visualize the opening scenes of a movie which I love tremendously called "There Will mm-hmm. Be Blood." You know this movie. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So there's the movie, and Daniel Day-Lewis is this prospector, and he's down in a hole. I mean, it's it's hard, dark, ugly work. Of course, it's deeply dangerous. They show this in the early scenes. So you, you, I, I imagine this, of the brutality of what it was like to try to drill down in through bedrock. I mean, what you said that Edwin Drake, 69 feet until they finally hit some oil. Yeah, and and uh, he was he was sort of uh, running out of luck and running out of uh, supporters, and they all thought it was a folly. Uh, many people did think it was a folly that you wouldn't find oil underground; that it would be be more located towards the surface. Didn't really know what it was, and and um, but there was a, a need because uh, whale oil, which was used for illumination, uh, well, we were the whales were becoming scarce naturally as as they were being over over uh, fished. Uh, and and so this came in and took the place. And there's even a cartoon you can see it at the museum from one of the magazines. I think it was Vanity Fair uh, showing the whales doing a at a champagne party celebrating the discovery of oil. <laughs> 
You talk in your piece, Ken, about a Presbyterian minister, S.J.M. Eaton of Franklin, PA, which is uh, just north of here, uh, near Oil City. And you write here that in Eaton's view, God put vast pools of oil in the ground, but kept it from man until just when we needed it to lift us out of the sin and trauma of the Civil War. Boy, that is deep theology mixed with a natural resource. Right. And, I, you know, what I think is really uh, profound about all of this in, in the studies that I've done is in the 19th century, there wasn't this big divide uh, between science and, and religion uh, and between literature and, and scientific writing. So you'll see, you know, there'll be manuals with pictures of drill bits and all kinds of cutaway drawings, technical documentation, next to uh, quotations, you know, from, from the Book of Job or or poetry from Shakespeare. And I think it's one of the sad things about our current state, and it's been exacerbated by the, by the social media, Internet, and so forth, is that everything is, create, is sort of siloed away in its niche, and our ways of understanding are not allowed to overlap and, 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 and help uh, inform each other. Right. So, you know, and that was, very, that was something profound about this. Uh, whatever you see, I mean, here's, here's this discovery. And the thing is, what, when I tell my students... I mean, the, ke- the clicker for me is a sim- simple graph of population growth. And it's just, you look at the, the world going through from all the way back to ancient historical times, and it's kind of a flat line of, you know, a billion or below. I mean, it's hard to say how many. But you get to around, you know, coal and then oil, and it just shoots straight up. So I tell my students, you know, if there's 20 of them in a class, that if we hadn't had oil, there'd probably be three of you here. And we'd be sitting under a tree having a discussion, hmm. and, and maybe that'd be maybe that'd be good. I don't know, but the point is, we are all products of oil. Uh, I, I wouldn't be alive. I mean, I take blood pressure pills that were discovered, and 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 the food that we eat uh, is all fertilized. So we have to recognize that, and 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 understand where we've come from from in relation to our our religious values before we can decide how we're going to deal with new challenges or new things that have come up. Ken Bach joins us from uh, Texas Tech University. He wrote a piece in Christianity Today called God Give Us Oil. We'll take a quick break, come back. Our conversation continues in just a little bit. A a very interesting perspective on something that, you know, we use every day for how many different things? Oil and praise be to God. Don't let your home be invaded this season with rats and mice. Keep them away the most humane way with plug-in pest-free, 100% chemical-free, totally safe for your family and pets, and environmentally friendly. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-free, the electromagnetic pest control device that has been scientifically tested and consumer-proven since 1995. Now that's fair income. With a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year manufacturer's warranty, what have you got to lose? Stop inviting unwanted rodents and pests in with baits. Say goodbye to traps and start saving money today with Plug-In Pest-Free. Order yours now at gopestfree.com and save 20% with promo code SAVE20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Are you ready to start saving money? gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. 
Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. It's long, over a 1,000 chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA... You're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code half off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half off. Since the beginning of time, a battle has been raging. The single most important question any human being can ask is the question what is truth? A battle between God's truth and the deception of the world. Is our culture filled with lies? Focus on the Family presents The Truth Project. Discover how knowing the truth will transform your life. Focus on the Family's The Truth Project at thetruthproject.org. If you're involved in youth or high school sports, you need to know about Positive Coaching Alliance. PCA is a national nonprofit organization developing better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. For more information, visit positivecoach.org. We've been talking about oil with Ken Back, who joins us from Texas Tech University. Uh, and we started the segment talking about, you know, when new technologies come on the, uh, on the scene, we don't really give praise to the Lord for new technologies. I don't believe that there was, uh, you know, giving God praise when the microchip was invented. But when oil first came on the scene in the 1850s, there was a lot of conversation about yeah. Yes. The, the power and the miracle yes. of oil. So why is that, Ken? Is that because our society has secularized and we just don't see advances in the same way or because oil came out of the ground? Well, I think that's a good question. And I, I think it's probably as much is probably a little of both. But I also think it is because oil came out of the ground and you go all the way back to, you know, Exodus in the story of Moses and Aaron. Uh, uh, and and you know the staff uh, calling forth water. So, I mean, again, and 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 all the way back in sort of theological history of of Christianity and all religions. I mean, the the relationship between the air, the ground, and and the waters. I mean, in Genesis, I mean, the earth is formed and uh, the void. So yeah, there's 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 a certain mystery, and I think that's what it is. Is it, it, it is a mystery, and where there's a mystery. Whether it be in twelve, you know, eleven-dimensional particle physics, or in in you know the origins of life, where there's a mystery, there there is is room and necess- necessary to have these sort of theological or, or uh, speculations about what happened. Uh, and there's mystery. What's under the ground? We don't really know. And that it still applies today. I mean, out here in Texas, 
although it's been raining a lot lately when we have drought and there's concern about the water and the aquifer that, that nurtures uh, our cotton farmers and our whole culture out here. And as, it, as, it, as the aquifer drops, you know, there's this there's concern what's going to happen and, you know, could it be replenished and could it be replenished by God or does it require all you know, the natural forces? So it's the mystery, I think, that yes. allowed, that made oil so profound. So, Ken, what about environmental stewardship? Because, you know, that's certainly a, a top of mind for a lot of people today. It's ironic that oil was discovered in Titusville. And, of course, you're from Texas. And it's a gigantic uh, source of, of income and industry in Texas. But now fracking has overtaken western Pennsylvania. And there's a lot of contention, good and bad, about, oh, yeah, we're going to bring natural gas up from the ground. But, of course, it comes with its own problems as well, and in many ways that could also be a theological issue. Right, and that's, that's sort of the takeaway message from, from what I tried to get from my article and working with the editors is that there's, there's you know, and we know this from, and from, from the Bible, and there, that, that there are no easy solutions. You just can't, I mean, whether it's a, it's a political leader or a technological solution, you just can't say, you solve it and I'll continue going ahead uh, in my in my full uh, indulgent lifestyle, we know that's not the case. I mean, there's so many admonitions and warnings against uh, 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 warnings toward prudence and against overconsumption, and and that's the same situation same situation with with uh, with oil is that we you know or and any other and so fracking yes. Will, 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 has bought us some time, has bought us some in energy independence, but it does come with a price. And there, you know, there's articles in Texas Monthly now about down here the potholes in the roads, the size of Volkswagens, and and <laughs> and all sorts of other effects just on the ground itself. Not to mention the the extra CO2 and deferring the problem. Fossil fuels will, will for a long time, it will, if not forever, will be a part of our energy component. But there's got, there's got to be, there has to be sacrifice, right? I mean, that's the Christian story. Yeah, and so the so the essence, I would say, you know, it, it's a very long and well researched article that you've written for Christianity Today, um, and there, there's no possible way we could cover all the elements of it in today's conversation. But let me just close it out by saying that I think the heart of your piece was saying that Christians in general tend to go right along with culture in our consumerist mindset. And that is where we've gotten into trouble with oil. It's not that oil wasn't a gift from God. It's not that there's something evil about it. It's not that there we should you know, be petroleum-free. It's just that we as Christians just end up looking in our consumption like everyone else. Yes, I think that's true, and that's you know that's the sort of the way that society works. It's, you know you don't even you don't even realize it. And I'm I'm a perfect example. I'm saying we need to do with less. We need to in order because the the world can't sustain this level of consumption if everybody has our uh, aspires to our level. And either we say they are a different tribe and don't deserve that, or we figure out a way to make to lift everybody. And and you know, but I'm a classic example. I mean, my daughter, her her little dog had a ailment and and had to go to the vets. And it's like whatever it takes, you know. And spending more money sure. saving that little dog's life than we would spend most the third world countries would spend on a person. And so so I mean, none of us are you know. It's the moat in in the, the neighbor's eye story. We all have to look at ourselves and how we can be better with consumption. Very good. Well, Ken, thanks a lot. We really enjoyed the conversation. A really unique perspective that you put together for a CT. So thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. Our pleasure. Ken Back, he joins us from Texas Tech University. As we said, Christianity Today, God gave us oil. Should we keep using it? Ken Back.
Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Authorities say they've found handwritten journals containing anti-Semitic references in the home of a man charged with federal hate crimes in the stabbing of five people celebrating Hanukkah in a rabbi's house north of New York City. Federal criminal charges were filed Monday. Grafton E. Thomas was expected to appear in federal court in White Plains to face five counts of obstructing the free exercise of religious beliefs by attempting to kill with a dangerous weapon and causing injuries. Meanwhile, risk consultant Patrick Brosnan, a former NYPD police detective, says local citizens want to help after this string of anti-Semitic attacks in the New York area. We're neighbors in this great county, and we we are united to help battle this terrible cancer, this hatred, this bigotry, this terrorism. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 183 points, the Nasdaq dropped 60, the S&P down 18. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. What is it costing you in vet bills for that convenience of just pulling open a bag of formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits that cost a ton of money anyways? How do you feed your dog to derive not only energy, but a good coat, bright eyes, and a great attitude? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I found his raw meat diet on Dynavite.com. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and the Super Omega on top of it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. Ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then the Lico Chops. Try Lico Chops. Buy two. Get one free. It just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. Adding Dynavite to their diet has every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. Their skin is so much better now that they're on the raw diet, I don't even give them the kibble anymore. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Shopping online this holiday season? Finding the perfect gift from your computer, tablet, or smartphone is a breeze. Just a few taps, and you're done. But all that online shopping? It could expose your personal information and leave you potentially vulnerable to identity theft. And you may miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit like someone selling your info on the dark web or taking an online payday loan in your name. Good thing there's LifeLock. They monitor your personal information, and if you have a problem with identity theft, they work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock offers something that's perfect for the holidays and beyond, not having to worry if identity theft happens to you. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART at LifeLock.com to save 25% off. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L 
Com. Every client basically needs some kind of a digital strategy. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. I can go out and tell a client, I can reach the amount of audience that you need to be able to grow your business. It has nothing to do with, oh, we need to sell this thing today. We're able to sit down with a client and say, what would make you successful? Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com careers tonight partly cloudy a bit of snow and rain at times this evening with little or no accumulation followed by a couple of snow showers late with a low 33 tomorrow cloudy windy and much colder with snow showers accumulating according to an inch with a high 37 tomorrow night breezy in the evening otherwise considerable cloudiness with a low 25 and cloudy on wednesday with a high 38 with your accurate forecast i'm gregory patrick welcome to another edition of the ride home with john and kathy live from the salem pittsburgh studios and now here are your hosts john hall and kathy emmons welcome in the post-Christmas edition of The Ride Home, hoping you've enjoyed some happy holiday moments and glad to be back with you. I'm Kathy Emmons, and you found The Ride Home today. My on-air partner, John Hall, taking a day off. New Mike, happily, I say, I'm confident, happily here on the other side of the glass. We're excited about an excellent set of guests ahead in this hour. If you missed any of our first hour, I want you uh, to find our podcast at the uh, com or find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, At the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we talked at length about the Monsi stabbing, um, another incident involving anti-Semitism in the suburbs of New York City. And um, so we would love for you to be aware of that and for you to be standing with your Jewish brothers and sisters today. And of course, um, as we look ahead to the next year, we are, I mean, how do you deal with this ongoing violence? We talked about the Monsi stabbing, as I said, in this hour, we have to talk about the Texas shooting, which left uh, two churchgoers and a gunman dead. Um, I guess let's just go to that first. Uh, A gunman opened fire at a Texas church yesterday morning, killing two people, authorities said. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal, an article by Elizabeth Findell. Uh, The gunman also died at the scene after two church members serving as volunteer security returned fire, said J.P. Bevering, police chief in White Settlement, which is a town near Fort Worth, where the shooting took place. Um, at the West Freeway Church of Christ. They were live streaming their service when the shooting occurred just before 11 a.m. Central Time. The video stream showed a person in a black hood rising from a pew near the back corner and aiming a long gun at a man holding what appears to be a plate. The gunman fired multiple times and a man standing nearby with a pistol appeared to fire back. It was unclear if the gunman knew the service was being live streamed. The video was thankfully made private after the shooting. Neither the shooter nor the victims have been formally identified, though family members have made informal statements. All three were men. 
Um, at the news conference, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick praised Texas laws passed in recent years explicitly allowing churches to create security teams and worshipers to carry concealed weapons. He said the armed church members stopped the shooter in under six seconds. Now, later this afternoon, Fox News reported that the gunman appeared to be in disguise when he entered the sanctuary yesterday, according to a woman who said he made her feel uncomfortable when he sat feet away from her. I'm now turning to an article by Travis Fedshin for Fox News. The woman said she'd never seen the man before in church. He appeared to be wearing a beard and a wig that looked fake. I should have listened to my gut, she said. While he was there, I couldn't sing or pray. There was just something not right about him. But at the same time, I thought maybe I was being too hard. Uh, She told the newspaper she and her husband decided they would move with their seven-year-old daughter to the other side of the church after communion. But as communion came to a close, a live stream of the church service shows what I said before, the gunman getting up from a pew, talking to someone, and then opening fire. The church's security team then fired back, killing the suspects. Here, how about some audio, Mike? Here are some comments from the DPS director on the scene. Good afternoon. My name is Jeff Williams. Thank you again for coming. I want to echo the comments that have already been made here tonight. Uh, It cannot be overstated how important it is that uh, everyone recognize what took place here today. The citizens who were inside that church undoubtedly saved 242 other parishioners. And that might get swept aside in this whole conversation about active shooter response. And God knows law enforcement has done a whole bunch of work to make our response better. Um, We needed to do that. But we're starting to find out that Uh, As the lieutenant governor mentioned, over half of these are over before we get there. The man who jumped into action said today he was placed in a position he didn't want to be in but had to react because, quote, evil exists. The man's name is Jack Wilson. He engaged the shooter. He's a small business owner. He served as a deputy sheriff. He was also a member of the National Guard. And on his Facebook page, he said today, quote, You have to be prepared at all times, at all places. That's the way I want people to understand. If they're going to wear a firearm for personal protection for themselves or family or anyone else, they need to be aware it can happen anytime, anywhere. Jack Wilson told reporters gathered at his home that the gunman first took a shot and killed Richard White, who was one of the security guards who had been keeping an eye on the man to the concerns they had about him based on his fake beard and fake wig. Um, The second victim, according to Tiffany Wallace, who is the daughter Um, said that her father, Anton Tony Wallace, was one of the victims of the attack. She said her father was a deacon at the church and had just passed out communion when the gunman approached him. Well, I've never been comfortable with guns in churches. I I, I never have. It just seems anachronistic. I don't... But you can't argue with a story like this. Mike, I know that you're a gun owner. Um, I know you're a responsible gun owner. Um, How do you see the story? Yeah, it's uh, first of all, it's such tragic, and um, I believe that we should definitely have some some type of a plan or system in place when it comes to churches and handling these situations. I know because this is what they had here was a plan. Yes, and, and, and look, it 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 goes to show how many lives they. I know there saved. were two hundred and forty some people in that church. Yes, yes, and who knows what could have happened right. if these two people hadn't stood up and you know taken the shooter out. Right. I just I, I hate to even use terminology like that when we're talking about a sanctuary and a worship service. Right, exactly. I mean I don't know what I, I, 
seriously cannot in my head figure out how we have gotten to the point where we're talking about having to be armed in worship services. I mean, it's sad, but obviously there's evil in the world. I know, I know. And what Jack Wilson, is that his name? Jack, he, what he said is correct, that there is, yeah, his name is Jack Wilson. There's evil in the world, and I get that. And I'm not some kind of, you know, I, I'm not a pacifist. I'm not a person who tries to say that there's no, uh, that there's no place for a military or no place for a police force. Of course, I acknowledge all of that. I just don't want that to happen. Right. I don't want that to have to be not. my Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday evening experience. Of course not. So anyway, our hearts go out to these people. This, you know, this woman who talked to Fox News about her dad, a Tony Wallace, who was serving communion. I mean, that, doesn't that break your heart? She yeah. said, I ran toward my dad, and the last thing I remember is him ax- asking for oxygen, and I was just holding him, telling him I loved him, and that he was going to make it. Sadly, he was rushed to a hospital, uh, but did not survive. And you think of, you know, the, uh, was it 26 or 28 people that were killed in the last church shooting in uh, Texas as well? And I I don't know. I guess I'm tired of our of my heartbreaking. I'm tired of yeah. there being people who are shouting for uh, gun control um, while also not acknowledging what Jack Wilson said, which is just that there is evil in the world. Right. I mean, I get that. And I'm also frustrated with people who are willing um, to carry their own firearms and won't have a discussion about gun control for the there has to we have to I, I guess what I'm saying is I want to be open to every possible solution because i feel like if we're not going to hear every solution then we might miss something that might work do you know what i mean absolutely i'm not we have a second amendment i appreciate that i want it to exist i every responsible gun owner i know there's never been a person who's a member of the nra who's been involved in a mass shooting like we're so if we're talking about changing gun laws we're talking about restricting guns for people who are already law-abiding i don't know what that's going to do for us but of course, I'm willing to hear about I, I want to hear whatever options people have. But I am sick to death of this being our reality in 2019. We're almost at 2020 and we're going to do the same thing again. God help us. God help us. Coming up next on today's show, hear it, see it, risk it. We're so excited to play this again for you. We had Steve Cordell from Crossroads United Methodist Church with us a couple months ago to talk about how faith grows. We got such outstanding feedback on it. We're going to play it for you again. It's coming up on today's Ride Home. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, all these choices, and they all seem to bring the same word to mind, expensive. There are so many changes happening in healthcare today, and fortunately, I know someone who's been on the forefront of health insurance for years, and it's Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country, and so they can help to determine which plan is the right plan for you. And then they can help you to choose it prudently based on what you need and what you don't. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley. Do you have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley. Do you want just catastrophic or just accident? You already know the answer. All of Marley's plans are ACA compliant, and because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousands of dollars a year. So call Todd at Marley Financial 724-884-1496 or find him online on the web marleyfg.com. 
101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Get ready for the all-new Winter Jam Tour 2020. Bigger than ever. No tickets required, only $15 at the door. Featuring... What's up, it's Crowder, and we're coming your way. The Passion. Building 429. And I will fear no more. Austin French. This is my freedom here, my freedom here. Plus, Andy Minio, Red, and Newsom. Plus, get there early for the pre-jam party with Riley Clemens. And more. Winter Jam Tour 2020 at PPG Paints Arena, January 17th. And here's the deal. You don't need any tickets. You just show up at the door. $15. For all the details, including Jam Nation VIP memberships, go to jamtour.com. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. Pastor Steve Cordles with us from Crossroads United Methodist Church. He's got a brand new workout called, well, it sounds like an exercise routine. He's got a workout. No, it's a book. Hear it, see it, risk it. How Faith Grows. Steve, it's been a while, but welcome back to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Always a pleasure. So, Steve, in the past, I have responded badly to the phrase, have faith. If somebody says to you, Kathy, have faith. Have faith. So I remember being in high school, and I remember not, you know, that anxiety you feel is like an 11th grader or something, and you realize that you're going to have to go to college someday. Right. And you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to go? Whatever. All those things. Like, And I'd start to kind of freak out about that. And people would say, Kathy, have faith. Now, of course, since then, it's been many other things. I hate that. I hate that so much. Because it's so nebulous. Like, you're supposed to have it, but you can't get it. How do you get it? It's like this thing in the air that you're, it's like the flu. I'm either going to get it without knowing it and then I'm going to have it. Or if, if I try to get, well, how do I do that? There's just, there's, I need an action plan. If I have a role to play, I need an action plan. Absolutely. And, and uh, that's what I do see in the scripture is a kind of an action plan. If we look at Hebrews 11, it's the hall of faith. Such it's a sometimes called. gorgeous, gorgeous uh, piece of scripture, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's oh all, it's gosh. encouraging us to have faith. Um, but how does one do that? That that's a great question. And, and, um, I wrote this book as you, you said, a kind of workout. It really is in many ways, uh, a kind of, uh, way to expose our soul to receive faith. And so, um, when I looked at the, the scripture here in, in, in Hebrews 11, uh, well, 
we see a lot of examples of faith. So look into those stories and you're going to see some patterns emerge about what was going on in these people's lives that let them be so faith-filled. If you look in Hebrews 6, it tells us that actually uh, we're supposed to take these examples and be like them. In other words, it says, do what they did. So what did they do? Mm-hmm. And as I looked at that, I saw that there was this pattern of hear it, see it, risk it. And what I mean by that is uh, faith grew as people heard from God and envisioned what God said coming to pass and then took an action step that usually involved a risk uh, in response to what God said. So those three stages show up in Abraham's life, uh, show up in, uh, through the many of the people here in, in Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what, what you see, I think is important to know is what faith is. What is faith? When, when you're afraid of going to uh, college, right. you know, it seemed like, uh, gee, there's this nebulous future and I'm kind of fearful. of. It. Maybe people are saying they're sensing, oh, there's Kathy's anxious. And they we wanted to feel better. Yes, we wanted to feel better, and they might have had a, kind of an instinctive understanding that anxiety and fear are not faith. So they want you to feel better, and therefore say, "Kathy, have faith, and then you won't be fearful." Are, are they not saying have confidence? Perhaps, but in what? In a future, a picture like have confidence that you're future is going to turn out the way you want it. Everything's going to be okay. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what faith ultimately is. You know, faith is a positive response to God's word to us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a response uh, that usually involves an action based on what God has said. Everything starts with what God says. Without hearing from God, there is no faith. Because what is faith? <laughs> it's a positive response to God. And so uh, think about these three steps, um, say, in, in Abraham's life. Well, Abraham, living his life just like anybody else in his uh, neck of the woods, and suddenly God speaks to him. And in Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants a great nation. And by the way, I want you to pick up all of your family and move to a land. I'm going to give your descendants this land. You don't know where that land is, but you just start going and I'm going to show you that land. That's God's word to Abraham. Now, uh, that's that, that, that's kind of um, a challenge, of course, for Abraham. First of all, he's kind of an older guy thinking about having having kids. He's 75. It's, it's hard to imagine mm-hmm. having kids. Unless you're um, Tony Randall. Um, <laughs> then he could imagine it. Perhaps, but... <laughs> Abraham, but Tony Randall's know, wife was 26, so and Sarah was not. So, <laughs> so Abraham needed a little help, but it's interesting that God gives him that help. God says, "Abraham, look at the stars," and He gives Abraham a visual aid. Look at this. That's how many your descendants are going to be. Count those stars, Abraham, and he knew he couldn't. Right. So, um, having spoken to Abraham, then He gives this image to Abraham. He, he sees it. He can picture it. But now Abraham has to take a step. He has to take a risk. First, he risks moving his whole clan, uh, which was not just, you know, the four of them in the car. I mean, you're talking about many dozens of people and yes. going across, you know, land uh, with your animals and such. So he moves all of his clan 
and starts get, but he doesn't know where he's going. It's a risk. And he doesn't know if he's going to be attacked. He doesn't know if he's going to be welcomed where he ends up. But he ends up in Canaan. And the Lord says, this is the place. He takes a risk. And in some ways, he takes a risk waiting for his descendants, right? Because he's not making arrangements. He tries to make some altered arrangements to help out God just in case plan A doesn't come through. That didn't work out too well. If you read the story carefully, you know, he, he, he tries to have a child with somebody else. And God's saying, no, that's not the plan. That's not. So he's, he has to kind of risk, in some sense, going all in with, with God's plan. But at the end, when Isaac's born, his faith in God is even stronger, right? His response, his positive response was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to where God tells me. I'm going to trust that he's going to give me children. And as he, as he does that, the back end of that is he's got a stronger trust in God. He's got a stronger readiness to respond positively to God. Um, and, and think about Noah. He was kind of in a similar position. He's just living his life and God speaks to him. That's where it always starts. Mm. Everything starts from hearing with God. Without hearing from God, there's no faith, there's no story, there's no nothing. So it all starts hear from God. What if you don't hear from God? Then you can't have faith. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. But the good news is God is always speaking to us. We can hear from God, uh, each and every one of us. Um, uh, uh, Again, using that pattern, which Hebrews 11 says, hey, Noah, he was a guy of faith. Well, how did that show up? Noah's living his life. God says, I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. It's going to flood. Now, it had never rained in the earth before. So that took some stretch of his imagination. But now what happens? God, God then lays out for Noah the boat. He gives him the blueprints. It's this long. It's this high. It's going to make it this wood. You know, the, he, he lays it out for, for Noah so that Noah can see it. Because if Noah couldn't see it, he couldn't build it. So he sees this, what God is telling him. He expects it. He, he leans into that. Mm-hmm. And then he takes a risk of, you know, I gathering material and this. building this. He's, he starts building it. He could be laughed at. Maybe it'd never rain. Who knows? But he does it. He takes the risk. But don't you know, when that rain starts to fall and he pulls up <laughs> that bridge onto the boat and all of his family there, I believe that when that flood started to rise, that Noah's trust and confidence in God was at a high mm-hmm. level. Yes, I bet <laughs> it yes. was. Okay. And I think his family was glad <laughs> yes. he took that risk. Right. You and know? Right. I think they believed. And, and so what I'm trying to say is faith is a kind of result of hearing it, seeing it, and risking it. Mm. Faith is essentially a positive response to mm. God's word to us. And that positive response can be essentially described as hear it, see it, risk it. And without all three of those, we're going to have a hard time growing in our faith. And we see many of the obstacles of faith come from a failure in one of those three points. So there's Abraham and Noah. They hear clearly, very clearly, unmistakable God in their life. But what about us, Steve? Mm-hmm. What about this, the regular people? You know, as you say, hear it, see it, risk it, a, a blueprint for the relationship. Okay, so let's go back to me being a terrified 11th grader, right? What if instead of someone saying, Kathy, you should just have faith. What if someone said to you, what do you, th- what if someone asked me, what do you think God is telling you? That would be a great response. That would be a really good response, right? And then I would think about that. And I don't know what I would have said at that point, but what do you think God is telling you? And then if I would have thought at that point that it's just doing the next thing, like it's not envisioning the whole, he didn't tell Abraham, 
where the completed end was that it was just just do what i'm the telling you step. to do just do right. the next step and he didn't know where he was going right so if we recognize that part of the faith journey is just saying yes in the little steps while we don't know where we're going then that's different than just well you know have faith absolutely absolutely the next step is a perfect description of how faith grows it's usually not a major steps and leaps it's usually one step at a time uh, there are those moments that stretch us there's no doubt mm-hmm. but what does god say is a perfect response to a sense of disorientation mm-hmm. or fear or casting about and uh, when we don't feel like we're responding in faith mm-hmm. the question is though it starts with what's god saying and sometimes we don't know specifically what god's saying about that in particular sure, right. uh, incident right. but as long as we're listening to God speak, that's all that matters. In other words, um, when you're thinking about your future, maybe you're listening, God's tell me what my future is. Maybe the Lord won't tell you very far down the Mm -hmm. road, but he will say, um, well, let's, let's, you know, if you look, open your Bible, let's take a look at what does it mean to trust God with, um, with your, with your money? What does it mean? What's, what's he saying that day to you? Mm -hmm. And I think, this is the this is the key that we remember is that faith continues to grow kind of like a muscle kind of like that exercise the metaphor as we as we develop this response of hearing from god and and i i include this seeing it this vision in it because in some ways faith is seeing the unseen and then risking it because it's hard to take a step if we can't imagine it i mean most of us when we're getting ready to do something, can picture ourselves doing it. So uh, that, that seeing component's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that whole process repeated over and over again builds in us this orientation of saying yes to God, of being responsible to say, yes, Lord, uh, and I'm going to trust you with the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of um, in some ways uh, like an, an, an exercise. And there's other ways that God may put faith in our lives. I'm not ruling that out in any way. And and I will have to say, I'm not speaking about the gift of faith here. I mean, there's a general Mm -hmm. sense of saving faith. There's a sense of trust in God that the scripture speaks of. But then there's a spiritual gift of faith, which operates somewhat differently. I mean, it still has a lot in in common, but it's, it's I believe it's given differently and it functions a little bit differently. But I'm talking here about just our natural uh, stance towards God of trust, a stance of yes to him when he speaks. Uh, so the hearing it, seeing it, risking it is key. And and hearing it, I think, is a, a pretty mysterious thing for some, some of us because we think it means that an angel has to appear to us or we have to hear a voice out of the, the night or something like that. Yeah, some kind of cosmic thing like that. Um, when in actual fact, most of the time that God is speaking to us, it will seem a lot uh, more natural, and uh, frankly, we won't be a hundred percent sure that God is speaking. But that's part of the process of learning to hear Him. How does faith grow? Hear it, see it, risk it. Steve Cordell's with us. He's going to stick around for a while. Hope that you do as well. Steve Cordell, Crossroads United Methodist Church. Be right back. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. 
We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you are assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Yoto, my office, now! Limo Imu, Doug, you're being transferred across town. Oh, because they haven't heard that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. No, it's because Limu keeps eating the chips on Janine's desk, and her keyboard, and her expense reports, and her stress balls, and her... Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. The long hours of studying... The finals of the semester are all over. And like all campuses across America, Grove City is quiet for the Christmas break. I have to be honest that since my daughter's been home, after living through finals, she's been sleeping about 16 hours out of every day. (laughs) Say no more. Mine as well. But isn't it great to catch up and to hear about all that happened in this past semester and how vital, how engaged, how active Grove City has been and... I see the change in my son. And it's not just the academics. It's not just the classes, the five classes my daughter had, or the five really excellent professors she was able to interface with. But it's all the extra stuff. It's the it's the Bible study. It's the small group thing. It's the athletic team, whatever it is that the kids... It just makes the whole experience richer, better. And it's the kind of thing that by the time vacation's over, my daughter's really looking forward to getting back to. Exactly. So as the students at Grove City College take a break, we're fortunate, so happy that as Christ is in the middle throughout all the academics, there's a time to break, a time to relax, and that's what's happening right now. If your child is interested in a quality education with Jesus in the middle, we suggest you look online, Grove City College at gcc.edu. Merry Christmas. Tonight, partly cloudy, a bit of snow and rain at times this evening with little or no accumulation, followed by a couple of snow showers late with a low 33. Tomorrow, cloudy, windy, and much colder with snow showers, accumulating according to an inch with a high 37. Tomorrow night, breezy in the evening, otherwise considerable cloudiness with a low 25, and cloudy on Wednesday with a high 38. With your Accurate the Forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Hey, thanks for coming along. We're excited. Steve Cordell's with us, pastor at Crossroads United Methodist Church. He's got a brand new workout called Hear It, See It, Risk It, How Faith Grows. So, Steve, in a couple minutes, we'll talk about the obstacles, the things that get in our way. But for now, how about, so hear it, see it, risk it. So talk about those three things and make them concrete for us so that we can, you know, not fall into the thing where that's that's a nebulous spiritual thing for that other people could do, but not me. Sure. Well, as I say... 
everything starts with hearing from God. There's no faith until we hear from God because faith is a positive response to what God says to us. So how do we hear from God? To be very practical, the most reliable way to hear from God is open the Bible. Mm. Now, that doesn't sound very dramatic or you know snazzy, but the reality is that our souls are fed more through the Scripture than in any other way. But to hear from God, we can hear from God in many ways, but I've, I've noticed in my life, the more I'm taking into the Scripture, then the more I hear from God, even in other ways, too. So it's foundational. And uh, I like to think about the SOAP way of engaging the Bible. Um, Many people will say, gee, I'm not sure the Bible's a big book. I don't know where to start. Let me just say, if you're wondering where to start, I always point people to the Gospels. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. That's what Jesus said and what Jesus did. It's a great place to start if you've not uh, engaged the Scripture before. And when you look at the, the scripture, I, you know, I think it helps to have some kind of a of a plan. And uh, we teach our folks at our church to to go at it as uh, SOAP, which is an acronym that stands for S is Scripture, O is Observation, A is Application, and P is Prayer. So scripture is just read. You just pick one verse that stands out to you more than any other verse. Uh, you may not hear angels singing when you read it, but what's one thing that strikes you more than anything mm. else? Write that verse down. I, I like to encourage people to write it down. Maybe, maybe You might feel allergic to that, but it really makes a difference. Write that one verse down, and then the O is, what does it say? Just what's going on? Who's saying? What, what's happening? You know, Just observe this is what's happening. And then A is application. What am I going to do about this? And I always like to start my application with the words, I will, uh, and then fill in the blank. Because I just read this, I will, I will what? And then uh, as I fill that in and say, okay, in response to what God says there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and now I'm going to pray. Lord, help me to do this, and anything else that's on my mind. So uh, engaging God through the Scripture is the place to start. It's not as uh, if you get a version of the Bible that's readable for you. Uh, it, it's, it's not as mysterious as you might think if you start in what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Uh, yes, you can read the scripture and study it for your entire life and still be not only you know, only scratching the surface, but this is a way you will hear from God. It's called the word of God. And so take that in. Now, there are other ways to hear from God as well. When you go to church, you're going to sing a song. Maybe some phrase sticks out. That might be the Lord speaking to you. Um, but the truth is, when, this, when we read the, what the scripture says, we're hearing from God And when we start then to respond, to act on that, that's going to grow our faith. So Mm. that's the the quickest uh, nutshell Mm -hmm. I would give about hearing from God. There's many other ways, uh, and I reference a few of them in my book. But having having heard from God, um, it's easy to let it slip out of our minds. That's why I really encourage you to, to, to see it, to envision it. Look at, in the scripture, you'll see people, they, they will, in their minds, kind of focus in on what does it look like when God is doing this? When, when he says something, what's it going to look like? And the more vividly you, you can do this, picture in your mind what it's going to look like, the easier it is for you to do the third step, which is to risk it. Uh, and by the way, you know, world-class athletes are really specialists at this visual visualization, right? It's not visualization mm, yeah. that makes something happen. It's God that makes something happen. But our visualization allows us to be on God's frequency a little bit more easily and to respond better with him and, and to take that step that says, I'm going to do it. Because it's hard to take a risk unless we're feeling like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And all of our actions 
start with a thought. We imagine something. Boy, I'm hungry. Man, some, you know, some a cheeseburger would be really good right now. And so I picture this in my mind and I go pursue it. So what is it that you're going to do in response to what God says? Envision that. Envision it happening. Envision God's word becoming reality. And then take a step of faith. That's a risk. That's really good, um, Steve. You know, you sort of pulled back the curtain a little bit for people, especially baby Christians in some ways. Um, you know, there's a mystery there of how you engage. This is what you're saying. Sure, sure. And it's been said uh, from everybody from... Soren Kierkegaard to contemporary preachers that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And we'll want to know, how do I know for sure this is God speaking to me? How do I know for sure this is going to happen? Most of the time you won't know for 100% sure. That's why it's faith. (laughs) However, uh, I think the more we repeat this process, the more we get the sense of when God's speaking and when it's just our imagination. Uh, so taking that step of faith, uh, that that it's going to sound like a, it's going to feel like a risk. Uh, on the backside of that, that's when your trust and confidence is strengthening God. At the end of that, and you see God work, you see what the result of that is. You're ready to say yes even more quickly the next time. That's excellent, Steve Cordell. Hear it, see it, risk it. How faith grows. Steve's with us for a little bit. We'll go into deeper detail next. Stick around. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Most of us spend a lot of time trying to find happiness. Hardly anybody ever thinks that that journey could end in God. And yet the Bible is very clear to tell us we should not take God out of the picture or we will not have joy. Don't miss a special New Year's message from Dr. David Jeremiah next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Get ready for the all-new Winter Jam Tour 2020. Bigger than ever. No tickets required, only $15 at the door. Featuring... What's up, it's Crowder, and we're coming your way. Passion. Building 429. And I will no more. Austin French. This is my freedom here. My freedom here. Plus Andy Minio. Red and Newsome. And more. Winter Jam Tour 2020 at PPG Paints Arena, January 17th. And here's the deal. You don't need any tickets. You just show up at the door. $15. For all the details, including Jam Nation VIP memberships, go to jamtour.com. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. The Bible clearly teaches us, not only in Genesis, that Adam and Eve were real people and that they were the father and mother of the human race. They are our first parents. If this is true, then the theory of evolution flies in the face of Scripture as well. Evolution teaches that man, together with the entire universe, evolved over millions of years. Man himself slowly over these years developed from a lower form of life through the various stages of man until he has reached the stage where he is today. But if that is true, Adam and Eve were not created by God as the first human beings, as the Bible teaches. The myth of evolution in light of Scripture, therefore, cannot be true. 
For more information on this subject and others, contact us at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Steve Cordell's with us. He's talking about his brand-new book called Hear It, See It, Risk It, How Faith Grows. Steve, before we uh, go forward, I'm sure just, you know, uh, where do you find it? You can find it on Amazon for sure. That's probably the simplest place to find it. And uh, we've got copies at Crossroads Church. Nice. So double dip, right? Come for a a visit and uh, buy the book. Absolutely. Steve, you've been talking about these three things, um, hear it, see it, risk it. And so I'm wondering... What happens when you miss one of those? So if you think that that's the process of faith, then if I skip step two, then what am I, what's going, what's going to happen? Is that a predictable result? Uh, yeah, that's a result? great question. Yeah, I, I think when we don't hear from God, as I said, that's where that's really where faith begins. When we don't hear from God, then doubt settles in, right? If you don't mm-hmm. hear from headquarters, yeah, <laughs> you're really not sure that you're on their radar and uh, it's easy for doubt to set in. In fact, when Satan first tempted Eve, what did she say? Did God really say? Mm-hmm. He was trying to, st- to cut right there the root of essentially faith and trust by blurring what God had said. So that gets that fuzzy. And when we, so if we're wrestling with doubt, uh, I always like to say, Go listen to God. That's where you're going to reconnect. It's where mm-hmm. things will start. You get solid ground again. Um, it's funny you mention if you don't see the second step, like see it, if you envision it. Envisioning what God says is a central part of faith. But often fear is a result of envisioning not what God says, but the opposite of what God says usually, or disaster, right? And it's looking into the future seeing a disastrous experience out there. And here's key. When you look out, you don't see Jesus anywhere. God's not in the picture. When you've got, when you, when fear takes hold, Mm -hmm. it's because you are picturing a future that's not only disastrous, but you're on your own. And that's not true. Uh, I remember being uh, really taught this experience in a kind of vivid way. um, When I was in Mozambique some years ago and we were, I, don't ask me why I thought this, but we were on our last day in the country. And I thought, wow, this trip has gone really smoothly. I, I, I thought, well, I think the worst thing that could happen would be as if we make this journey, we're going out to see a school like three, four hours away. We could drive all the way up uh, to that place, that location. And then on our just after we start to return home, if the car would break down, because then we would be on the one and only road that takes you into the capital where we were, 
and you're not supposed to be on that road after dark. I mean, the, the books warn you, don't do that. It's dangerous. There's carjackings, right. all that stuff. So this is your thought process. This is my thought in the morning, yeah. In, in my room yeah. in the morning, I'm thinking, this trip's gone really well. Mm-hmm. This would be the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> and you know, I'm telling you this because that's right. exactly what happened. Here's your sure. visualization. Right. Exactly. You know, I re- went, and I'm, I'm not saying that's why that happened. I don't think it's because I visualized it. Right. But I, I thought that. And, you know, moments after our, we start our return trip, the car loses steam, pulls off the side, and the smoke's coming out from under the hood. And we rolled up in front of, the, you know, it's pretty deserted out there in the country. There's a one building, a little sign in front of it. We roll up into it, and it said traditional medicine. That means witch doctors, essentially what that means. So that's where we stop. And I think, you have got to be kidding. I said, Lord, what in the world are you doing here? I thought, mm-hmm. God must be doing something, but I was too anxious and and stressed out to be really appreciating that. Sure. So um, it turned out radiator cap had gone bad and all the water was boiling out, right? So you got some water, poured it in, tried to batten down the cap. It didn't root. You know, we, we nursed another 10 miles down the road and had to do the thing all over again. So we did this several times in a row. And after about an hour and a half, and I'm looking at my watch like, we're not going to make it back. Even if we make it back tonight, it won't be before dark. We're going to be on this road after dark. That's not, not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But we, we roll in this little village, you know, barely a wide spot in the road. There's, there's no Napa Auto Parts store in this place, <laughs> right. okay? There's no stores of any kind in this place, as a matter of fact. But there are some tables set up along the side of the road. Kind of think like a flea market. There's some, like, tables out there. Yeah. On that table, on those tables, there's a radiator cap that fit Stop. that engine, that old Toyota. <laughs> and they put it on there. And I thought, oh my God. I don't know exactly what this means, but I think God's involved here somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think and this is what was important to but me. But that wasn't what you thought of earlier in the day. No. When you were imagining the worst case scenario, you weren't imagining that God was going to provide something. That's exactly true. When I was thinking that picture, I wasn't going to say, well, worst thing would happen, but then God will be there. No, no. It was like, this would be the worst thing. Period, right? I, that was vivid in my. I can still tell you years later. I, that was vivid in my imagination and my memory. That, that that what that happened. What what happened in that day? And I believe that God was teaching me something there because within just about eighteen months, two years, then several things that were on my list at that point of the worst things that could happen in life happened to me. Uh, I had a cardiac arrest out of the blue uh, when I was working out. Uh, and we had a multi-million dollar building project going on at our church. Contractors started arguing with one another. We were stuck in the middle, and it looked like we were going to be basically you know, stuck financially with this unusable building, and I would feel that's the leader, that's my fault, right, and all these right. things. And, uh, and then we had several other cascading issues happen right then, and a number of these things are were up on the on high on my list of what happens if uh, you know the worst happens? But what I remembered was in Mozambique, when the worst happens, that God was teaching me in Mozambique. Jesus will be there. Number one, He will be there. Number two, He is bigger than this. Whatever's happening, He's bigger than this, and He can handle it. And three, I've got faith for this. Actually, I can. I can. I can choose to hear what God's saying at that moment. I can trust God in that moment. Uh, I can do that. Uh, now, I don't feel faith-filled if I got fear, but my point is that those are true, and those are reality, and that God was teaching me that started in Mozambique, I believe, because he wanted to say, you're going to need this here mm-hmm. in a couple yeah, of years. Right. You're going to need to know this, and I believe that God wants all of us to know that, that Jesus will be there, 
and he is bigger than this, and you have faith for this, listen to his voice, envision what he's saying, and take a step. It's going to look like a risk, but go for it. And when we choose not to take steps, you know, if we just hear what God says, and even if we envision it, but we don't do it, there's a word for that. It's called sin. It's like not doing what God says. Mm -hmm. And that takes us off track every time. Abraham, perfect example. Sure, yeah. Doubt, fear, and sin, pretty effective blocks to faith. They can be remedied by hearing it, seeing it, and risking it. Fabulous. Steve, that's great encouragement. It really is. Thanks an awful lot. You know, as your speaking style, I'm sure your writing style is the same as well. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, Hear it, see it, risk it, how faith grows. As Steve says, it's uh, Amazon right now. Steve, take for a second and talk to us about Crossroads United. Yeah, you can find us in five locations in uh, North Fayette and East Liberty and in Upper St. Clair, Cranberry, and Weirton, West Virginia. Go to the xr.church website and you can find out all the details. Very nice. Always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Steve Cordell, Crossroads United Methodist Church. Hear it, see it, risk it. How faith grows. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Before I came to RPTS, I was a church planter and pastor for 22 years, and I found a lot of confusion about what really constitutes a church. Dr. Barry York, president of RPTS. In the Protestant Reformation, They really discussed the essential marks of the church. They identified three from the scriptures, the faithful preaching of God's word, the right administration of the sacraments, and the proper exercise of church discipline, expecting God's people to follow Christ and live a holy life. The way that I see that tying into the ministry of RPTS is we want, first and foremost, our ministers to know what a church is and what the church really needs, so how to develop the preaching ministry, why we practice the sacraments, how to properly care for God's people as they come into a congregation that you exercise proper oversight of them. The church needs servants like you. Are you ready? Visit rpts.edu and study under pastors. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. The message Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America, changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our deep condolences go out to Tony Evans, who is heard a couple times a day here on Word FM, right before our show, in fact, between the 3 and 4 o'clock hour. I can never hear him live because I'm always doing show prep, but I cannot tell you how much the Reverend Tony Evans and his teaching and ministry have meant to me, how much it's changed me, how much I have benefited from him. I just, I really, really appreciate and love that man. And um, I was so sorry to read uh, about the death of his wife today. And um, you may have remembered that his wife had been suffering for a long time and fighting cancer. And um, so it was with great sadness that I saw that uh, Lois Evans has passed away. Tony put a beautiful thing up on Facebook, and I've reposted it to our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can see a gorgeous photograph of her, and um, I just think of the legacy she's left with her husband and her terrifically talented children, and I just give thanks for her life and um, mourn with that family today. In the news in the Associated Press, they report that uh, one of the largest school districts in the United States has announced that it will allow students one excused absence per school year to participate in civic activities, Mike, such <laughs> as protests. This is in Falls Church, Virginia. It says that the Fairfax County Public Schools, um, I believe all my nieces and nephews went through that public school system, they plan to start allowing absences January 27th of 2020, news outlets have reported. The district is the largest school system in the state. Now, this is how it's going to work. Get ready. Students in 7th grade through 12th grade can use the day for civic engagement activities, such as attending marches or meeting with lawmakers, according to district spokeswoman Lucy Caldwell. The new policy was introduced by Fairfax School Board member Ryan McElveen, according to the Washington Post, and he says the rule may be the first of its kind in the United States. So a day off from school for protest. Now, it seems like a bit much. You might learn more staying in school and learning about the history of nonviolent protest that we have in America because it's one of the things we should be proudest of and one of the things we can learn the most from. But the more I think about it, Mike, I think I might be all in. Really? I think I might be. Why? I Why think is that? I'm, well, you know, I'm, if, if they're going to offer it, it's one of the civic liberties that we all can enjoy. Yeah. So we should do it. I yeah. say yeah. go meet your school board member. Mike, or your county commissioner, or your state rep, or take a trip to meet your senator or congressperson, because remember, they work for us. That's right. Right? So we could show up and say, hey, your boss is here. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Or you know what you could do? You could totally freak them out and go to the March for Life. (laughs) Yes. Yes. See, I think it can work for all people. Civic engagement is what we should be about. Free speech is what we should be defending. So let's go out and act like we care about our country. And I'm sure the kids would love it because it's basically a day off of school. Right, it is that whole day off thing. So, Anyway, thanks for being with us today on The Ride Home. We have a terrific New Year's Eve edition coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about the best restaurants that Pittsburgh has to offer as we look back on 2019. 
Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.